Welcome to the Parkway Life Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. My title today is Peel Out of Your Eddy. Peel out of your eddy. I believe God is calling Parkway into a current of his presence and his spirit. I, I really believe that. He spoke that into my heart in December. And this message he laid on my heart in December. And I preached uh, a part of that last week. And, and then I want to preach this today. And um, the current, when it hits rocks, uh, if you are riding the current of any kind of rapid or anything like that, when it hits rocks that are underwater, it creates a rapid flow that moves down a mountainside or whatever it may be. And I, uh, we went to Colorado on a vacation, uh, I think, was it last summer? Yes. And we rode the rapids and, and it was so much fun and we had a guide with us and he was coaching us as we went through and he was telling me things and I didn't realize it was going to be later a, um, a series that we're going to build out of some of it. But, um, but one of the things he said, when, when that current hits that rock, it creates what they call a pillow. And it's, it's that point and when it hits the rock, it, there's a lot of turbulence there and the turbulence is based on how refined the rock is. The rock has been smoothed out and is not as... Um, doesn't have as much definition above the water. It can be just a little hump there, but if it's really defined, it makes a lot of turbulence there. And then right on the other side of that rock, let me show you a picture of it. Right on the other side of that rock is called an eddy. It's an eddy. And it's, it's literally where that word is placed is where the eddy is in this picture. So you have all the turbulence that's before the, you can see the white water before the rock there. That's called the pillow, and it's flowing over the rock some. And then there's that spot right there that's called the eddy. And eddies can happen in the strongest flow of water when the water turns and heads upstream on the side of the river. It, it happens on the downstream of an obstruction, as we showed you here. And um, typically they are, and you can see it in this picture, they're calm spots, and in this place, the current changes in that spot. Due to that rock, there was a current change, and in this spot right here, if you're close to the bank, and you'll see this if you, if you just about any kind of moving water, you'll see what I'm talking about, that if you're close to the bank, it throws the current into the bank, so the eddy Eddy, there, there's this slow part there in the eddy, but it starts spinning, and it spins out to the bank, and that's why I watched them when we were in Colorado. I loved watching it and was intrigued and wanted to do it, and that is kayakers would get in the hydraulic of the flow of the water, and then they would hit, they would pop out of that hydraulic, come further down the stream, and jump in an eddy, and the eddy would throw them over to the side in their kayak, and this is crazy. With, with the water coming that fast down through, that, uh, through those mountains, there was an eddy on the side of the bank 
that pushed that kayaker all the way back up to where he came in. He would, he, would, he would come out, and you would think, well, man, that guy will never get it back to this spot because, you know, to keep doing this hydraulic. He would jump out of that hydraulic, hit that eddy, and that eddy would chunk into the side, and he would, go, he would fly right down the side back to the spot, get out, do the hydraulic all over again, and have a lot of fun. Isn't that cool? I thought it was cool. So it's moving against the current. So um, I, I watched all this, and, and knowing that and having that knowledge, I was back to my Crystal Beach trip, uh, and the Lord began to speak to me, and I'm going, God, where do you want to go? And he, he begins to tell me about the brook, and I shared it with you last week, and he says, don't focus on the water. It's hitting the beach. Listen to the brook. And when I focused on the brook, I heard the noise of the brook. I didn't hear it before. Y'all remember all that from last week. If not, go listen to the podcast. But th there's, there's a pic. I want to show you a pic of what it looked like that day on the beach. That was how pretty it was at Crystal. Believe it or not, Crystal can be very, very beautiful. And that's where it was, and I was praying out there. And then this next picture is a picture of that brook that I was talking about. It's those floodwaters coming out of Crystal back into the Gulf. This is exactly what I was preaching about last week. I just forgot to get the picture for you. And, in fact, this next picture is a bodybuilder that I saw out there that was, that was on the beach. That's me. I stole Bill Broughton's hat because I needed a hat for my bald head. Man, I'm looking good in that. I'm telling you, you look better. I'm going I'm to I'm make, sure, make sure I don't do that again. Okay, get it off the bodybuilder and back to the other, other picture. That picture that was right before with the brook. So I, went, I was looking at this brook and, and, and watching this, and as I did so, I believe the Spirit really again started speaking into my heart, and I preached some of that last week, but this is that next part. And that is this, I was looking at this brook, and if you'll notice in this, this water was really moving through here, and you can see the ripple in the sand below, and it's created almost like what you, if it was a rapid, it would be like rocks under there, but created the same, same thing that I've showed you a few minutes ago, but it's doing it with sand here. And on the right side, if you'll notice, it has a little different look over there where the water's flowing. Sure enough, there's an eddy. And in this eddy, the water is pouring out that way. And in the eddy, there is leaves and little stuff that, you know, just, just stuff like that, little limbs or whatever, little small things floating back upstream against the current. Right there in that little brook, there was an eddy right there in that little brook. And I believe the Spirit really started speaking to me, and this is where I want to hit home with this and what I'm about to say. I believe the Lord was talking to me and saying, the body of the church can be headed in one direction. We can all be moving in the current of what God's doing, and God's all calling us to the current of where he's wanting to take us, and we're all moving in that direction, and we're passionately pursuing the current of what God is doing. But in the middle of the body of Christ moving forward, there comes a rock of offense. You didn't see it coming. You didn't know it was coming. You were just enjoying the rapids of what God's doing and flowing and moving in God, and you never saw it coming, but there was a rock of offense or there was a bitterness or a, a bad circumstance that came up out of nowhere. 
and, and it came up out of nowhere and it, to get you in a place that all of a sudden you hit this point where, where you didn't see the rock and you hit the rock and then you fell into the eddy. And the eddy began to take you back against the current that is trying to take you forward in God. And everything about God is saying, I want you to go this way. There's a flow of the church. There's a flow that I'm wanting to do in 2019. It's not what I did in 2018. It's a new thing. I want to do a new thing in you. I want to pull you in this direction. And all the while, you'll think everybody, man, how could possibly people miss that in a, in a body like, like that we have? And, and, and all of a sudden, you find yourself, and maybe that's where you're here today, or maybe that's where you found yourself at the end of 2018, but you hit a circumstance or you hit a fence or a rock of bitterness and something began to pull you away and without realizing it, you turn and you see the body going that way and you're going this way. You feel a bit isolated. You don't know if you fit anymore. You don't know if it all works anymore. You don't know if it all seems to be going in the right direction anymore. I don't even understand what it's on. I think I want to maybe even remove myself from the current, but God's going, no, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to peel out of your eddy. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap for prayer. I want you to peel out of your eddy. I want you to get out of that. I want you to, I, I built you for something greater than that. And by the way, the rock that was put there in the first place, the rock that was put there is a test or a trial that when I hit it, I move beyond beyond it. I don't want to stay there. I move beyond it and it's this, it's supposed to, the rock is supposed to help form the water to bring the current and make it go faster. The rock was built, the trial was built, everything that come about we, about me was supposed to make me move faster in the current, faster in what God, but all of a sudden I've allowed myself, somehow may not have been my problem, may have been somebody else's problem, but now it's become my problem because I'm going upstream and God's moving downstream. And that's what he began to speak to me in December. He's wanting to move us, this church, quicker. You can't have at the table offering that I just told you a few minutes ago and give at this level outside of this church and, non, and God not abundantly bless this body. I'm just telling you, you cannot outgive God and you can't do that in your personal homes and you can't do that in the body of Christ. And that's the vision that we want to give outside of this and, and let God do abundant things. God wants to do greater things in 2019. I believe in numerical growth and spiritual growth in our lives and the current move quicker and faster, but it's not time for you to let something get you tripped up because the devil wants to let the rock become a foothold to destroy you, to get you going the wrong way and somehow feel isolated that you can't be a part of what God's doing in the now. Somebody stand on your feet and say, God's talking to me right now and I receive it in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. He's speaking to our hearts today. He's speaking to our lives today. He's talking to you today. Hallelujah. Throw your hands up and say, Lord, let me get out of this eddy. I want to be in the middle of what God has in my life. Turn around and give somebody a high five and say, I'm getting out of the eddy. But I'll tell you this, when I fail the test, when I fail the trial, it becomes a stumbling block for my life and I tend to head upstream against what, against what God has for me. 
Now, God's grace, God's grace will help you get out of it, but you've got you to submit your will to it. And um, what, what, what is the problem? Is it, is it the church when it's that, or is it that I have allowed life's problems to become something that is defining my life? And so if you're going upstream, it's not that God doesn't have the grace to get you out, but it's a pro- the process is that something, some form of problem, some form of maybe even a failure has started trying to define your life. I want you to, I want you to write down what I'm about to say. Failure is an event. Failure is not a lifetime. Failure is an event that took place in your life. It was a trip up. It was a rock in your life. And the devil wants to use that failure as a defining moment. And God's wanting to use it as something as a catalyst or a stepping stone to take you greater in places in God than you've ever been. Man, I feel like preaching today if you feel like getting, getting behind it. God, I believe, is speaking to our church. Get out of the eddy. Move out of the eddy, peel out of the eddy. So I, I heard about this, and I was mentioning this to our staff, and Abby actually, I think, is the one that brought it up. But this is, this is really cool. The New Madrid Fault that was in 1811, it's called the New Madrid Fault, was in 1811 and in in also in 1812, the whole huge earthquake began to take place in New Madrid, Missouri. I'd never heard of this before. And the soil, of course, when there's an earthquake, there's an earthquake, there's a, a slip in the rocks. So there's, it's a rock thing, sand thing, earth thing, and there's a shifting. I didn't see it coming. I didn't even know that was going to happen. And boom, it's on me. Boom, the earthquake's on me. Boom, it happened. And it happened in 1811 and then also in 1812. But in 1812, that New Madrid fault so shifted that they didn't have the seismic tests like we have now to tell us exactly how much it was, but it was so powerful. This is incredible. Look it up. Google it. It was so powerful that it ultimately, there was such a rock shift, and I'm going to say it this way, that the entire Mississippi River had an eddy. The, The mighty Mississippi, the mighty Mississippi. <laughs> the entire thing stopped, turned, and started flowing the other way. I'm going to tell you something. You can't allow an eddy to slip up on you and not destroy you. And then, this, you know what? It starts destroying your family, it just starts destroying your legacy, it just starts destroying things around you, people that influence it around you. The devil is a lie. I want to give you good news. It only lasted for two, three, four hours. It was not a defining thing. When you go to Mississippi today, it's still not flowing backwards. It got a hold of itself and turned around and started turning back and going the other way. I'm just telling you, just because you had a slip up, just because you had a mess up, just because you had a rock that temporarily turned around doesn't mean you have to stay turned around. You can touch yourself back in the presence of God and say, God, give me a new and a fresh start. (laughs) Hallelujah. I serve a God that can help get you out of the eddy and back in the current of God, but you have to peel out. Now, the reason I keep saying peel out is this. 
when you get in an eddy and you're rafting or riding white water, and you can Google this also if you want, but you can get it right, and they call this, if you're going to break out of the eddy, they call it a peel-out. When I thought of a peel-out, it's something I used to remember in my, me and my brother used to do because we act like we was riding motorcycles. Y'all remember that? I, I know you. Huh? Anybody? Come on, just act like you're as crazy as me for once. And, man, I'd sit there and... The rest of y'all, did y'all even have imagination or were y'all playing video games? I mean, I, I, I drove more dirt bikes and I never drove a dirt bike. I'd jump things, I'd jump mountains, I'd come off of mountains and... That's why I wore my cool shoes today. I mean... And me and Brent would race and... Peel out. What you doing, son? Peeling out. Vroom, vroom. Some of you need to get that passionate about getting out of the eddy and do like those rafters and peel out. That's, that's what they're doing in essence. They get a paddle and get out. You need to get a paddle, a prayer. And that's why we're trying to focus you in at the beginning of this year because if we can get you out of the eddy now, you don't have to spend months and months in the eddy. You can get out of that by the power of focused prayer and devotion to God. Get out of it now and have the best year you've ever had. But you need to do it in the beginning of the year. Man, 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 I'm enjoying preaching. I don't know if you're enjoying hearing. And so I'm getting out of that thing. I'm not getting caught up in my dilemma. I mean, I'm, I'm getting caught up in the deliverer. That's what I'm going to get caught up. I'm going to peel out of that with God's help and get into a new place. There's a German proverb that says this. What is the use of running when you're not on the right road? That's pretty good stuff right there. No matter how much effort we expend, it's wasted if we're not heading in the right direction. This proverb illustrates a profound biblical truth. If we are working strenuously to be righteous and religious, it is a wasted effort if we're not moving in the right direction. You can have be full of zeal, but your zeal burn you up. The Bible says that. In Isaiah chapter 58, God notes that the people are praying and fasting. In Isaiah chapter 58, praying and fasting, but they're heading in the wrong direction. What? That don't compute. Their religious fervor is not about God. Even though it looks like it is, even though it looks spiritual, they're going the wrong way against the current of what God has. They're moving just in the wrong way. Their religion is the reason why is their religion is all about themselves because they are merely, and verse 2 says, they're merely eager for God to come near them. In other words, when I started typing this out right here, it got me messed up. In other words, this, I want God in my will instead of me being caught up in his will. I want God to come over in my current instead of me coming over in the I want in my current instead of me being in his current. And so I'm fasting and praying. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I'm fasting and praying saying, come on over and join me, Lord. I'm fasting and praying for you. to Come join my stream over here. And he's going, son, I have got a 
torrent. I've got a, 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 a water coming down through this mountain, a current flowing that's greater than you can imagine. Get out of the trickle of what you're in and get in the flow of what I am and you'll feel the difference. So you know I don't want to preach unless I get a little bit, get real practical with you. And so I'm going to give you about five, four or five things to help you get out of the eddy. Is that cool? If you're not taking notes, take notes. And if you're not taking notes, take notes. Because you need to write this down. You ready? Here we go. Number one, I'm not going to play around very long. So you can take a picture if you want to. Key things that get you out, uh, key things that tend to cause Christians to drift away and get caught in an eddy. These are five things that tend to get people into an eddy, or, and, and the opposite of this will help get you out. You don't understand. All right, here we go. Another one, number one. Number one, an out-of-control schedule. So you thought I was going to say you was drinking and you was smoking and you was running with people that do, and we'll get there in a minute. But no, let's just get real practical. Your calendar is cray-cray. You couldn't get God in your calendar. You couldn't get God in your life because your calendar won't allow it. We're going to move on. One of our Satan's greatest weapons against our generation seems to be ability to make good people busier than ever before. And we're so busy... And what we do is we end up sacrificing the best things that God has, the big current, for the mundane of what I want. And I won't sit down long enough to really start tweaking and working my calendar and my schedule. And if you desire to get in the current of God, I'm going to just tell you this, you will absolutely have to begin to take a close look at your calendar. I know, I know, I know you just want it to be more spiritual than that. It's likely you're currently doing too much. It's also likely that your overly hectic schedule is affecting your relationship with God. So take out your paddle and get out of the eddy. Your paddle may look like a pin. It may be the word, no. Number two, misplaced affections. Be careful not to set your heart on things that really, really, really don't matter. And I'm putting scriptures up here, but you can write those and read them later because they're so good. Be careful not to set your heart on things that really don't matter. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen good people lured away from church because they have fallen in love with things, activities that have no eternal merit. We fall in love with God for a two or three months and lose place because we fall in love with activities, activities. I know it doesn't seem to be a big deal, but I'm going to say this and then I'll leave it, okay? I have never seen the God of sports controlling Christians like I have in this day. 
little g, God. It's unbelievable. The, the, I, can, I, can imagine, I can imagine the devil sitting back and going fast and pray all you want to in January because then come soccer season and come baseball season, I'll get you back. Now, I know I'm being tough, and there's not many amens and hallelujahs and not many people standing up saying, preacher, pastor. But Adina and I were there. We had three kids in soccer, and we had to set the priority and set the boundaries in the sports because all of our kids were incredible at sports. All of our kids were good in sports. All our kids were blessed and all that. And that they, and I'm going to tell you something. They don't, sports world doesn't care anymore about wanting to make sure that there's God's space. And so now you are going to have to set aside the tithe to God in your God space. You're going to have to look at your calendar and say, the enemy, and, 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 and I hate to call it the enemy because I love sports. I'm a, I'm a sport dude. In fact, we're going to do something this year, and I'm going to just go ahead and announce it. And if it offends you, don't let that rock kill you. Because we're reaching and trying to win people like never before. But there's something real big happens every year called the Super Bowl. By the way, Dallas won't be in it. No, 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 don't clap. Please don't clap. That could be a rock or a fence for somebody sitting next to you. I'm trying to share wisdom with you here. But the Super Bowl Sunday is coming up here soon. We have church every Sunday. We figure this year, you know what we're going to do? It's really popular. It's really a big deal. It's a pretty big deal. And I know all of you are sitting in church going, I wonder who's... Paying the night and how they're, you know what we're going to do this year? We're going to ride the wave of it. We're going to kick the devil's fanny right in the middle of it. We're going to do, we're going to do uh, a football faith Sunday. And we're going to have people coming here. When you get here that day, we're going to have a tailgating party for Jesus. Yeah. We're going to wear a jersey. I don't care who you wear. Wear Dallas. They're not, again, they're not going to be in there. My Texans are not either, but. We're going to wear our favorite jerseys. We're going to come to church. We're going to have a blast. We might throw you a hot dog and a piece of popcorn, and you say, I don't believe in that. Well, that's fine. I understand. But we're just going to ride the wave because we're trying to win some people that sports is a big deal, and that's become their God, and we want to bring them in church. And when we bring them in here, and when we bring them in here we're going to have a good old-fashioned church service, and we might show a clip from a, face, a football player or two and let you know that there's some people out there that love God, serve God in that world also. Is that all right? We're going to have fun. I want you to start inviting your friends that morning. We're going to have a great, great time. It's going to be awesome music as always and, 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 the, and the preaching. Eh. And, then, and then we're going to show some good things. We're going to have a good time. We're going to do it right here. We're going to ride that wave. I want to win off of that wave instead of the devil winning of the opposite direction. And so I'm encouraging. I'm not, I'm not, telling, you, I'm not telling you don't have your kids in sports, but draw boundaries. You don't need it just for church. You need it for your family. It's controlling you. And by the time your kids hit 18, you don't even know your spouse. Well, I didn't mean to go here, but it's, you don't even know your spouse. You don't even know your kids. All you know is they swing a flat at certain RPMs. Fooey on that. I believe in all that. Have a great time. My kids all played soccer. They had a blast. They played basketball. We did all that stuff. But I want to tell you, you never saw me, and I'm not trying to condemn you on this one, but for me and my house, we didn't miss church. Well, I am the pastor. But still, 
I hope it's set an example for you that your kids can start and be blessed. All my kids were starting players, incredible players, because they got their athletics from their mama. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is set boundaries. Is that okay today? Misplaced affections. Or if I hadn't offended you, or if I have offended you, jump out of that eddy, okay? Jump out of that. Don't let it be a stumbling block for you. Number three, discouragement. Discouragement. As a pastor, I have often watched Satan use his weapon of discouragement to drag people away from spiritual currents. Just get discouraged, man. What is that? Focusing on your own problems. It takes your eyes off of Christ. It happens to every one in this house. If you haven't been discouraged, I'm sorry because you might have a few in front of you. We get discouraged. How many of y'all get discouraged in 2018? Well, if you didn't that, what about 2017? Well, how about 2016? Is there some people got problems? No, we get discouraged every single year. Every single year. We have seasons. Sometimes in 2019, you're going to have a season of discouragement. I want to tell you this because the, dem the enemy comes along like, well, I've never seen this before and tries to do This has been going on year after year after year. You're going to feel like not coming to church. You're going to feel not like not being a giver. You're going to feel like not serving. You're going to go through those times. I'm the pastor, and sometimes I don't want to show up. Because <laughs> I'm discouraged. Discouraged. Don't let discourage draw you into the eddy, and you spend your entire year in that. Peel out of that eddy in Jesus' name. God's grace will help you lift up. He'll give you joy in the morning that will defeat the sadness of the day before. Number four, abundance, abundance. I've got to hurry, I have to hurry up. Abundance. First Timothy 6.10, you read the scripture. I've got great scriptures for you on the screen. People struggle. God blesses them. They become prosperous, and then they depart from God. It's been happening since Old Testament, First and Second Kings, full of it. The kings would rise up from David to the rest of them. Rise up. Oh, God, I need help. God, give them help. Bless them abundantly. They get prosperous. Whoop, walk away from God. Brings the nation down, starts building it back. Next king, God, I need help. He blesses them with prosperity. Am I telling the truth? It didn't just happen for the kings. It came over in the New Testament, and it came over into the church of today. It's still the same way. It's an age-old trick. Don't let the abundance of what God has blessed you with become a destroying factor in your life and cause you to have an eddy that everybody else is moving this way and you feel like you're moving that way. <laughs> Number five, parasitic sins. And many people begin to drift away from God because they have sins in their lives that cause them to feel guilt when they show up at church. And I'm saying as a pastor, I know you're going to have times of that. Where do you go with that? Get back to church. Well, what if they judge me? I'm so sick of you playing that card. Nobody 
judging you. Quit thinking more highly than yourself than you ought. I think sometimes we play that judging card. Everybody's judging me. Oh, calm down. Everybody around you's got messed up in life. That's a trick of the enemy. Everybody, nobody's judging you. I've had to tell people sometimes, nobody even knows you're going through that. <laughs> and nobody even really cares. So get over yourself and get in the house of God and let the presence of God kick you out of that eddy because you've got an eddy going on in your spirit. And then they begin to feel reluctant to pray or read the Bible because God may show me something, show me my issues. The key is what? To get out of your eddy, eddy. to kick yourself out of the eddy, you need to confess your sins. Yes. Confess your sins to God and he will what? Restore you. He will restore you. The Nathan Keating version of that is he will kick you out of the eddy and get you back in the current. And he will make you what? Whole again. Here we come, rapids. Here we come, current. We're moving on. Y'all remember a guy by the name of Dion Primetime? Oh, y'all remember him. He's one of the disciples. <laughs> see, if you, see if you fell for that one. The time period that I'm about to talk about is not the time period, Cowboys fans, that we like to talk about. The time period that I'm talking about, he played dual, dual sports. He was an outfielder for the Atlanta Braves, and he was a cornerback for anybody know? The Atlanta Falcons. He is the only athlete to have, to have hit a major league home run and scored a touchdown in the same week. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Sanders grew up on the streets of Fort Myers, Florida, where exposure to, this is his words, would-be athletes were everywhere. People that were great athletes. And he said they were would-be athletes that spurred him to make a success of himself. And he says this, Dion says, I call them Ida's, I-D-A apostrophe S, Ida's. If I'd have done this, I'd be making three million today. If I'd have practiced a little harder, I'd be a superstar. They were as fast as me, Dion said. When we were kids, they were as fast as me, but instead of working for their dreams, they chose drugs. If you're, the quality of your spiritual life will be determined on how you handle the things you didn't see coming. It's the Ida's that turn into Eddie's. It's that Ida, I didn't see that coming, that turn into Eddie's. As they're coming in, getting ready to sing out of this eddy. I need to write a song called Out of This Eddy, right? But the book of Exodus, everyone say Exodus. It is the recorded story of the Exodus out from uh, the children of Israel out of 
Anybody remember? Egypt, very good. Heading towards the promised land. The word exodus means exit. Everybody say exit. The word exodus means exit. Exit. God connected with his church that he calls the children of Israel and they start to look at him as a God. They never had this God. And they start looking at him and stuff like this starts happening. He is my God and we are his people. Those kind of statements are starting to be made. We've got this new thing going on. God shows himself in an exit. God shows himself in an exit. When I got a hold of this this week, I got fired up. Because I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes you're in the middle of an eddy and you need God to help show you how to exit. You need God help for God to show you how to have an exodus in your life. And God has already set up the exodus or the exit. He's already planned that and organized for that and set that up. If you don't believe me, watch this. The children of Israel, this is really cool. The children of Israel get into get at the Red Sea. The Red Sea parts. They're walking across on what? Oh, it's dry. It's the bottom of the ocean. It's the bottom of the sea. It's dry. It's dry for two reasons. Number one, it's dry because if they get out in the middle of it, they're going to bog down and they're going to be stuck. It's also dry because when they come out on the other side, what happens when you go through a mud puddle and you come out the other side? For the next mile, you're tracking mud. Your enemy is going to know where you, when you came out exactly where you're headed. God says, I've already prepared for you the exit. So much to the place, I'm not only going to divide the waters, I'm going to dry up the ground because I'm going to show you I don't want you to get bogged down in the process of your exit and I don't want the enemy tracking you into where you're going. Dear Lord, dear Lord, dear. Did y'all hear what I just preached? That's worth standing up and lifting your hands and praising God because God has prepared already your exit into where you want to go. Don't give any kind of excuses. I want you to paddle and get yourself out of the eddy in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to do something. We're going to do something. From, from all, of, all of up there, all up there to all down here, I want you to raise one hand and keep it up if you have found yourself in an eddy. Found yourself in an eddy. Thank you for being so stinking honest. Now, keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. That's good. That's good. Sometimes God gives you two paddles. He gives you two hands because he don't want you to focus on where you're stuck. He wants you to focus on where you're going. I want you to lift up your other hand right now, and I want you to cry out to God. I don't care if tears run down your face. I want you to say, God, I need your help to get me out of this eddy in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, lift your voice right now. Lift your voice right now. Call out to him. Pray out to him. Let the Lord hear your prayer. Hallelujah. Let the Lord hear your prayer.